1: Every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know what's every day? Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every
0: sport. You know that they never miss in the play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge. Nobody ever could try to go stop it.
1: the Moose with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Good Thursday, one and all. We're coming to you live from the Rocky Mortgage by and Loan Studios. Home is more than a house. It's a personal paradise. Get yours with Rocky Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Mike, Pete, across the way. Bogus, your updates. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Attention, Hotline fans. Talked about it earlier in the week, so Adam Schefter. Monday night game, Patson and, and uh, Jets. Uh, Taz, we talked about during the pregame show on ESPN that night. That Schefter mm-hmm. had a conversation. Steve Young was there, um, and uh, everybody on that pregame show was sitting there. I think Lewis Riddick was sitting there as well. Uh, Susie Colbert does a very good job on she ESPN, does a good job, yeah. um, and a long-time veteran of covering the National Football League. Um, he he brought up the course of the conversation about Tom Brady's future. Mm. Brady has put his house up for sale. He did about six months ago. Right. His uh his trainer, T B twelve, Alex Guerrero, has put his house up for sale. Uh Brady has an out on his contract. He's basically going year to year with the New England Patriots. Right, right. Right. So Tom Brady, off of all that and and listen, Steve Young then pointed out, you know, you know, and the speculation was not necessarily Brady retiring, but maybe Brady playing someplace else. Right,
2: right. right? right.
1: That, that's kind of the vibe I got. I yeah. didn't get a vibe no, that, that Brady wanted to call it. And maybe that's the wrong vibe that I got from that conversation watching Schefter, Taz. I got the idea got of the him same vibe as you. Uh, of him going playing football at, with another team and another franchise, another organization. Here's Brady yesterday. He goes on WEI every single week. Here's Tom Brady yesterday talking about his future off of what Schefter had to say Monday night. Take a listen.
3: That's the great part for me is um, I don't know, and I think that's been a unique situation that you know I've been in because I think when you commit to a team you know, for a certain amount of years, you kind of feel like your responsibility is to always fulfill the contract. It's been good because I'm just taking it day by day and I'm enjoying what I have. And I don't know what the future holds. And the great part is, for me, football at this point is all borrowed time. I never expected to play 20 years. And I'm playing on a great team. It's just been an incredible 20 years of my life. I played for Mr. Kraft and Jonathan and the Kraft family and for Coach Belichick. Oh, have so you much mentioned success, Belgium. Dream come true. You know, one day I'll wake up and I feel like, okay, that, that'll that be enough. And that day comes, that day comes. And I don't know if it'll be after this year. You know, I don't know if it'll be five years from now. See, that's, a load,
2: that's a lot of
1: hogwash, Moose. Well, okay. let's. I, I just had something I wanted to throw out. Yeah, what yeah. do you mean by hogwash?
2: <clears throat> I mean, I think it's a lot of BS. I think what he's saying is, like he, he uh, more or less, the overview what I got from him was like, listen, uh, you know, I'm on borrow time right now, and I might wake up and I want to play no more. Right now, I don't, I don't know what the future holds. I, I, I don't believe him. I, him and his wife, as a couple and as separate people, they're both very successful as individuals. Sure. Okay. Not, you know, she, you know she's got a lot of success. You know, she's not just Tom Brady's wife. Yeah. <clears throat> so my point is, successful people. They, they have an arc in their life, a story arc on what they're going to do. They know. They don't just put their homes up, their mansion. He has a mansion, okay, in, in the suburbs there somewhere outside of Boston, wherever in Massachusetts. And I think it's Brookline. Brookline, Massachusetts. Okay. Cool. Right off the golf course. So, you know what I mean? Like, you're not just selling. Uh, this is not just like some two family house that he's putting up for sale. I mean, this is like, you know, this is his mansion. He's got a ton of money. I My point is saying it's hogwash. I do think he knows his future. And that's his prerogative not to share it with with the public. That's his business. That's why I'm saying it's hogwash. I respect that he's keeping it private. Yeah. He knows. Are you buying
1: that, that he doesn't know what his future is? Uh, No, no, no. I I don't buy that. I I, I agree with you uh, that he has an idea of what he wants to do. Yeah. But the thing that I took away from it, Taz, is this. Off the Schefter conversation, The vibe I got was that Schefter was talking about him playing someplace else. Off of his comments yesterday from EEI, I I got a sense of him calling it a career. Do you see what I'm saying? I got a sense of that when he uses I'm on borrowed time, no one expects to play 20 years in the NFL. Uh, I'm taking it day by day. I don't know what the future holds. Like I got a sense more of a case of, him not picking up and going to play for I don't know, say right. for his buddy Mike Vrabel in the, the Tennessee Bills. Titans or the Buffalo Bills, right. But you know what I mean. I like sure. Um I I to me I and maybe I'm reading wrong. Maybe it's a case of, you know, I'm not reading those comments properly, but I didn't get a sense that he would, was looking to leave the Pats. I kinda got a sense of that you never know. Hmm. I mean, you know, I don't I'm you know, I'm, yeah. I'm borrowed time. Maybe it's a case of that. This ends up being it. I mean, that, you know, I'm, I'm done playing in the NFL after this year. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying that that's exactly what he's going to do, but that's the kind of sense I got from the comments. I, I, I didn't necessarily get a sense that he's looking to go play someplace else.
2: Mm. Yeah. You know, dissecting it, I mean, I, I think you're on to something. I think you might be right about that. I, I never thought of it like that, listening to what he said, but you're right. Um, you're right. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, may- maybe it's. A I case- could be wrong. Yeah.
1: I mean, listen, I'm not. I, I have no idea. I mean, I you know, but I, I'm just kind of reading those comments, and I got a sense that maybe, you know, maybe Tom Brady's saying, you know, I've had enough. You know, maybe it's a case of you know, uh, you know, his oldest son Jack is 12 years of age. You know, he referenced Jack during that Randy Moss interview on Monday night. Maybe yeah. it's a case of. You know, he, he realizes it. Maybe his body's not reacting the same way. We've talked about it. He hasn't looked as sharp this year yep. as he has in the last two or three years. Maybe it's a case of the Patriot way, you know, get out a year too early instead of a year too late. I don't think Tom Brady wants to hold on. Mm. Don't, you know what I mean? I think, I Tom, think you're right about I don't that. Think Tom, he doesn't have to. No, you know, he doesn't yeah, have to. But right. do you get a sense that Tom Brady's going to, you know, be out there and, and, and struggling and staggering around? He doesn't need the money. No. they've got more money than God I mean Giselle was the highest paid supermodel at the peak of her career in the in the entire world I mean she was making more money she was making three four times the amount of money that Tom Brady was making per year Man, so boring. money money is not a factor Taz I just don't get a sense that he he loves the game I don't think he wants to hurt his image right. And and I, and go out there and be a bad quarterback I don't right. think he wants to do that
2: I think you're a thousand percent correct. He doesn't want to affect his legacy more importantly. And I I think that uh, you're right about his image and about what people remember. I remember, like, for myself, people always say, you hung up early. I didn't have a career nowhere near like Tom Brady as far as equating it to wrestling. Nowhere near that. But what I'm saying is people said, man, you, you you left the game early. You left the business early. And I did because of the way I was booked. I was not getting booked right for WWE. They didn't know how to book me right. And I was worried about the good stuff I did in my career being tarnished even more by WWE, so I wanted to get out. So that's why when you say it about Brady, it's it's made, some people might not see a connection, but that's how I. Yeah, what you're you. saying about Brady, yeah, I see because what you you're thought saying. about that stuff at that time. Yeah, I had to because For the, sure that stuff's important when you perform as an athlete and stuff like you, you know, you want people to remember you as when you want to kind of leave on top if you can. You don't want to be a former shell of yourself. That's the point you're making, I believe, about yeah, Tom exactly Brady. Yeah, exactly right. You, know? I
1: don't, you don't want to be Willie Mays falling down in center field for the Mets. There you go. You
2: don't want to be or Johnny, Kyrie Irving falling down on the court. Right, uh,
1: course, uh, yeah, course, on, course. on the court last night, that's you, the word I was you don't want to be Johnny Unitas playing for the Chargers. Right,
2: right, right. Correct, 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 you
1: know, correct. Yeah, and and all due respect to those guys for for trying to continue their career. I'm I'm not, but that's you know the lasting image. There are people that remember more about Willie Mays falling down for the Mets you're in right. center field then they remember Willie Mays as, a, as an amazing giant.
2: Tremendous player. And,
1: and they kind of poke fun at the fact, and he has kind of been a talking point of what you don't want to do as a professional athlete. And I think for Tom Brady, I don't know. I mean, he's talked about – he's 42 years of age, Taz. He's talked about playing until he's 45 years old. But couldn't you see a case this year where if the Patriots win the Super Bowl again that Tom Brady says, you know, I'm done. goodbye, good luck? I, I definitely guys. could. I'm done. I'm I done for the, my, I've had an amazing career. I'm the greatest quarterback of all time. I've accomplished everything I can. I'm healthy. I can walk down the street. My body's not aching. I, I'm I'm good. I personally
2: cannot wait for him to retire. Yeah, no, I know. I've been waiting for years. No, I know. I know. no but anyway, the guy has had an amazing <laughs> career, and he's still playing great. Which is he's still in the top ten in passing. Right? I think he's like I was looking earlier. I think he's like seventh or eighth in the NFL right now in passing in this 2019 season, and he's probably 75 years old. I'm joking. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's amazing. He's still in that, the upper echelon. He's playing great, and his team's undefeated. Like, it's just amazing. Um, I could see that happening, what you're saying. When they're hoisting the trophy up again, and Mr. Kraft's there in his, you know, $17,000 custom suit. Yes. I love Tommy. Your Armani. And, yeah, and... uh I could see Brady going, you know what, with the confetti falling on him, and his beautiful wife smiling, just spitting out thousand dollar bills out of her mouth. I could just see, I could just see Brady saying, "I'm done," and then you will hear a roar out of Long Island, okay, off the water on the south shore of Long Island. You'll hear,
0: yes,
2: <laughs> that's what you'll hear. No matter where you are, you'll hear it because you'll be across the water in Connecticut, yeah, right. so you'll
1: hear it loud. Right, I'll be like, "What's that wailing
2: sound?" Yeah, Don. What was that noise? Right. Is it, what is that? Like what else or... went
1: wrong in our house? <laughs> Don't worry. It's not a pipe about to burst. That's Taz. Brady just retired. He, he's across the Long Island. Right. South. The <laughs> uh, the the division's wide open. It's time to celebrate. He just opened up a bottle of Cristal. Dude,
2: I'm telling you, I would go nuts. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like the man's never retiring. I have to. I know that's not the truth, but it just never ends. It, the, the success never ends it's i'm looking at mikey b right he's just shaking his head yeah, like it's unbelievable he's he's not the a hater
1: it's just crazy right you know well, what i mean yeah no i i get well he look, he's ageless you mentioned in terms of running through his success this year throwing the football and the offense near isn't nearly as good and they dink and dunk their way down the football field and you know they just added sanu and they'll get their first round pick henry the wide receiver you know out of arizona state uh, you know it's sooner rather than later and uh, maybe he'll be back in a couple weeks at, at the wide receiver position. And maybe that offense will get more dynamic as this season goes along, Taz. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe this is it going to be it for Tom Brady.
2: Maybe well, you said oh, – I, I keep forgetting who our guest was when you said that – Schloreth. Uh, that's right, Mark Shloreth, right. Uh Stinky. Yes. And he disagreed with you, and I'm, I'm, I didn't want to interrupt while you were talking. I'm like, wow, ah, you know, I think Moose might be on to something here. And Stinky disagreed. Stinky was wrong because Brady's not the same.
1: No, he's not the same. It's not
2: the same. The he, Sanu thing's a big, big plus. For oh, him. that adds something. That's going to really be a good deal. Yeah, for him,
1: yeah, you know what? Because as we mentioned before, uh, Taz he 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 allows that offense. You can do a lot of different things with Muhammad Sanu. He's, good, he's just man. not lining up a wide receiver. He, you know, you could do some trick plays with him. He can run the ball out of the backfield. If you want to do some wildcat, you could do some wildcat with him. I don't know why you'd ever take Brady off the field, but if you decided to do that, you could do that with Muhammad Sanu. Sanu. As I witnessed and you know, there have been you know and New England Patriots are dotted with former Scarlet Knight players. Yeah, they love the Ruckers game. Mohammed yeah. Sanu is a freaky athlete. He's a and yep. he's a really good man. He's a you know, he's a He's a really good man as well. Um, You've met him? I, I did on a couple of... Yeah, nice. I mean, as, I'm talking about when he was in college. When he was in college, yeah, yeah. Yeah, correct. I haven't met him when he was drafted by Cincinnati or... I haven't been around him when he was drafted by Cincinnati or played for Atlanta or anything like that. But, right. yeah, I mean, he's a really good kid. Yeah. And when cool. he was down Rutgers, he's a really good young man.
2: Yeah, I bet. I bet he is, yeah. Because you, you never hear nothing out of him. And, you know, he's been playing there with Julio Jones in Atlanta, which is, you know, if you're going to be, you know, kind of like, not the big star receiver, but this other guy is. That's not a bad guy to be behind, in essence. That's going to change now. I think that with the Patriots, uh, Sanu has got the opportunity. with Brady throwing the football to him and the way they know how to utilize, you know, their weapons? If Antonio Brown didn't implode, he was going to have a huge year with Brady. That was going to work. That was going to work. You give Brady weapons like like a Sanu, and I'm not saying Sanu's better than Antonio Brown yet. But, you know, he's definitely not a headache, that's for sure. But I'm just saying, like, you give, to the point you're making, Connie, you give Brady some real weapons out there. Yeah. I mean,
1: sky's the limit. Now the offensive line's got to do its job, and they can run it, Taz, and they change their game plan based on the opponent that they're going up against. But you're right. Sanu's an, a weapon that, uh, that Brady's going to make great use out of.
2: I know that, jeez, uh, I think. The Bills play the Patriots game towards the end of the year. I think it's like in December. I, I'm, this Sanu thing is going to be a nightmare. When are they playing them again, I don't even know. It's going to be a nightmare. I feel it already. I just I, I'm miserable about about um,
1: Sanu. It's. Just uh share that with you. Yeah, I well, you, you got to worry. I mean, the Bills just keep winning games. That's all you got to worry know, about. And take know. let the make the playoffs and let the chips fall where they may.
2: I know, but we're different type of fans of our teams. I, Your I team
1: is actually watchable.
2: I know. I just want them to beat one team. I don't care what happens. I just want them to beat the Patriots. I, that's it. You, on the other hand, tonight, are rooting against your team.
1: I'm rooting for Cousins. Right, exactly. <laughs>
2: so, it's...
1: Yeah. I'm, t- I'm uh, Team KC tonight. I know.
2: It's just, and that's not Kansas which, City. Which is ironic, because not only are you you're rooting against your team, the Redskins, but you're rooting for a guy that you had the hottest take ever on. I know. On right. the show.
1: You're right. You went off I, I on did him. go off It was him. hysterical. I remember. But tonight, tonight... I will if I had one, I'd put on my purple number eight. And <laughs> Robbie's will, got one if you need. I, uh, Rosenhouse? I'm, I don't know Does he? He, probably, he will, every time I see him, it's uh, he's got he, them all. He's wearing an Adrian Peterson jersey.
2: Yeah, but he's he's a gigantic, you know. Uh, um, yeah,
1: he's a gigantic man.
2: No, he's, I meant to say gigantic Viking fan. Oh, well, that's but it. he is. He's probably got all the jerseys because he loves the Vikes. You know what I mean?
1: He oh, absolutely. Vikes.
2: We've established that on this show. Yes, yeah. The- Once you mention Robbie, Pete the Body, put his head, he's putting his gigantic headsets on. What's up, Pete? What's well, I up got mind? nothing to say. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man. To Brady, though, here, do you think he would ever leave on a loss?
2: No. No. He's so when he talks about what he says to
1: WEI, you know, in terms of his future and, you know, on borrowed time, do you think he's thinking about there? Just speculation now. We win the Super Bowl, I leave. Mm-hmm. We lose, I come back. Yeah. Be- you nailed it
2: because you said it before. You said that you could see him, Brady, retiring, uh, you know, right after winning the Super Bowl or whatever. I think once he – I think that he will. In the press conference, they're going to win the Super Bowl, unfortunately, because it just has to, has, has to be. Um, I think you nailed it with that. I, I think that if they don't win the Super Bowl, he keeps low-key Jones, and then he comes back for another year. Right. I just He this- wants to leave on top. To the
1: point. No, I agree with you. He does. And, and Taz, you get this sense, even with the Moss interview. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just. It's just kind of been a different tone with him this year than than in the past, right? He's doing those Instagram stuff with his with his dad and his son. What's His oldest son Jack. Remember after wins, we played it.
2: Oh. Remember yeah, after
1: wins, yeah. we're six and zero. Yeah. We're five and zero. We're four and zero on yeah, to Buffalo. Great. You know, like and, and, and then they play bragging. highlights. That's great content. Like, don't you? I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe I'm just reading. I get a sense it's a little bit different this year for Brady. It's not a matter of him going out there and reaffirming because he could easily have told the guys on the E.I. Listen, guys, I've told you I want to play till I'm 45 years old. I have no interest in leaving the game. He didn't say that.
2: No, he didn't. He left himself an out, dude. I think you're right. I think he's gonna. I think he's leaving himself a situation where if they do win the Super Bowl, and how would he retire? Would he retire? I think he retires hosting the trophy. I'm done. That's why
1: I think he does it. At I don't think the... he'd take that moment away from his teammates. See yeah,
2: well, how I think I would.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> All right, guys, this is great. I want to make it about me for a second here. Yeah,
1: right. And I'm the retiring. rest of the night is going to be about me and my career. <laughs> I'm going to minimize this Super Bowl victory. I want everyone to just talk about me. <laughs> and my exploits and where I stand as the greatest quarterback oh. of all time for the next five days until we have our victory parade oh, on those doping duck boats up in Boston.
2: I really didn't think of that until you just said it about the, the other team. How bad is that? <laughs> I'm thinking if I'm braiding, I'm leaving holding that trophy right. up. Then, right, then it's all Edelman about be like.
1: But wait, I'm Super Bowl MVP. Edelman.
2: No, Sanu, would be like. Wait, what happened?
1: Wait a second, what?
2: I just had three touchdowns in the. No Super one Bowl. wants to talk to us. I just <laughs> won the Super Bowl. They all want to talk to number twelve. Oh my God, Brady! And Sanu's like, why did I come here? He just
1: retired. Oh no! Yeah, might we see the return of Drew Brees this weekend? We'll get into that next. It's Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right, 855 212 4227. Will the Saints get there? Hall of Fame quarterback back this weekend. We'll touch upon that, but Bogus is in the house. What's up, Andrew? Moose, Taz, America. Your report is sponsored by
0: the NFL, who invites fans to participate in Huddle for 100. Fans are encouraged to volunteer by getting out, getting active, and improving their local environment. Visit NFL.com slash Huddle for 100 to learn how you can get involved. The Nationals and Astros each scored two runs, their first times up in Game 2 of the World Series last night. They threatened but didn't score again for the next five frames. And then the top of the seventh happened. Swing and a line, drive, base hits center field. Turner will score. Soto the plate and he will score. As Dribble Cabrera drives home two. The Nationals have scored four in the top of the seventh. They
1: lead Houston 6-2 to two here at Minute Maid
0: Park. Dave Jagler on Nats Radio. They tacked on two more for a six-run outburst. It began with Kurt Suzuki's tie-breaking solo shot off Justin Verlander. The Nats scored four more times over the next two at-bats for a 12-3 route in Houston and a 2-0 series lead the next three games in D.C. starting tomorrow night. Verlanders now 0 five in six World Series starts, charged with four runs over six plus in Game Two. We didn't play our best baseball. Um, you know, things didn't go our way. We got an off day tomorrow. Um, you know, we don't have to, we don't have time to feel bad about ourselves. So. Steven Strasburg battled for six innings, allowing only Alex Bregman's two-run blast in the first. Annabelle Sanchez, Zach Greinke slated to start Game Three. It was game 1 for his Nuggets but Jason Kosmicki already in mid-season 4.
1: Barton has it inside the arc goes right to the rack loses it tip by Jokic got it. Oh that's a dagger and a timeout Portland puts Denver up by 7 with 46.7 to go. And that will have the fans headed to the exits here in Portland. Good night everybody. Drive careful now.
2: Go away. I mean he, he better Give be waving while he's doing voice. this. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's got no bass in his voice. It sounds like a cackling, just a treble. It got a little game showy <laughs> I mean, at the end. Oh, God, what's well, his gimmick? They all have gimmicks, and then we get the your g- pet Spade right, And then we come on the radio and we sell their gimmick. Thanks, gimmicks. Bob Barker. It's like really <laughs> welcome back to the Price Is Right. Yeah. It's like
1: unbelievable. Well, that's what our studio voice looks like. The Price was... Is
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. It the, is. The, where's the, the prize same, wheel? It's the same. It's yeah, the they same have local. beautiful yeah. women
0: showing off their stuff. We have Pete. No ah. problem with that? <laughs> no, no problem. No. I, uh, You're a beautiful man.
2: like yeah. burrito.
0: Six of one, <laughs> half dozen another. It's okay. Yeah. The price is, is that
2: still on TV? Yes. Yes, where yeah, Drew, Drew Carey Perry is hosting. Uh, my grandmother used to watch it all the time, and I used to see it at the house. You know, the Bob Barker guy. Yeah. And it was, come on down. That was the only good
0: news about being sick as a kid. When I was home from school, you could watch Prices yeah, yeah, Right. Yeah, yeah,
2: Does Drew Carey Does it? Wow. Does Drew Carey do the Come on Down? He stole Bob Barker's gimmick. Uh, well, that uh, was what's his
0: name, the announcer yeah. who was like, what was his name? Rod, Rod Roddy. Rod, Rod, Rod. Rod, Rod, Rod. Rod Roddy.
2: he yeah, passed name. away? Yes, oh, so. Rod true. Roddy passed away. Yeah. His soul. Come it's on down. Yeah. You're come the next on contestant
1: down. on the Price is Christ Right. right. Rebecca from Los Angeles, come on down, it was all, girl. It was jarring to me when Barker went from the dyed jet black hair to all of a sudden he was, you yeah. know, the white. Yeah,
0: and now you have skinny in, like, Drew Carey in the span of like a week.
1: Yeah, yes. Now you got skinny Drew Carey who's now dyeing his hair again. Yeah, but that but
0: skinny Drew Carey is also unnerving.
1: Yes, it's a little, yes. right. A little it's like skinny. skinny Al Roker. Yes. I told you
2: guys, I had the chance to headbutt him uh, and I didn't, so I should have headbutt. Should have. Yeah, I should have. It would have been great. He was in that uh, Royal Rumble match. I think he lasted longer than me. <laughs> yeah, that was the one you took the early uh, uh, exit on. Yeah, what it. night of the week was that? did that air? Sunday night paper. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, Price is Right was a great show. I'm saying it in past tense because without Bob Barker, to me, it stinks. So,
1: Oh, it's still good. Uh, Plinko. Uh, I, I think, think she's, Plinko was my favorite yeah. game. Yeah. the was price. Plinko? Plinko was where you had the little, like, disc, and you'd go on top of the board, and it was, like, all kind of slotted things where you could try and no, win no, some dude, money. P- no, no.
2: Nope. Not no. Plinko. Are you talking about Pachinko?
1: No. 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 Okay.
2: Do you what know what Pachinko Plinko is?
1: Do you know what Pachinko? Uh, no, but that's not what I was refer- yeah. referencing. Uh, I'm mean, referencing I, I, I... Plinko. Okay.
2: Well, listen. This is a deeper conversation. K-O. Why are you both attacking me verbally? Right because
1: now? you you basically I said something and you're like you're wrong. No, well, um, I don't mean I'm, to be I'm a, <laughs> aggressive. But sometimes I... I'm not wrong. I saw it the other day. Yeah, I just plinko. googled it. It's plinko. Okay. It's plinko. Okay.
2: If you both could stop saying the word plinko and let me get one sentence in, I tell me what you do when they play this game on Prices Right. What did they do? They drop something on the top of a gimmick and a ball or
1: something well, like it's that? A, it's a board on top of it. It's uh, You have to go upstairs so you you to get to the top up, like, of the Plinko about, board. Yeah, ten, fl- uh, 10 stairs to go on top of the Plinko board. Underneath, there's like uh, slotted money slots, like $5,000, 000, 0, 250 or whatever. And you drop the little Plinko chip, and it's kind of... Uh, and there's pegs on the board. Pegs so on the, the board, chip board chip to where bounces. the chip bounces okay. all around, and then it so, drops into a slot.
2: This is where we're both right. All three of us. I mentioned Pachenko. Pachenko is something that's huge in Japan. Okay, that I think the price is Right stole the idea. If you look, if you Google Pachenko, okay, and it's basically I've been in Pachenko houses in Japan. They're basically all these. Look, they look like picture a, a sit up a right angle um, pinball machine. They you gamble. Um, you go in and you drop a thing on top, and a ball. And try to win money. Or maybe uh... so, Pachinko, Planko, You see, they took the concept, and that's what prices they hacked. What they're doing? Uh, maybe in Tokyo. they did, or maybe pl- show you, right, bro? No, right no, here.
1: but maybe. Uh, but who started
2: first? This has been in Japan. I was in Japan in 1991, and they were doing this. These Pachinko houses were all over the place. You walk in, it's just like. These crazy noises. Gotcha. And everyone just stares at you. You need table? You need table? You know, and they go crazy on you. you right. You know what I mean? So it's like, no, I'm good. I'm, I don't need table. I just want to watch. But on the and, Price is yeah. Right, it's Plinko. Mm. I know that. Moose. What I'm saying is they did not, <laughs> they didn't want to hack the name completely. No, but you said
1: we were wrong on the right, all on right, the name, on I the Price is Right. by
2: saying you were wrong, so we're not <laughs> all you, right. But can Andrew
1: you... and I were right. Okay, yeah. okay great. And there's another I game know. called Pachinko.
2: Okay. I know everyone if here is obsessed yeah. with being right, so I get it. I understand the narrative here. Congratulations, Congratulations Andrew! What I'm Thank saying you. You is, it feels good, right? I'm trying to show you. Okay, what? I'm trying to show you the birth of Planko. Oh, I okay. you think? I know, and I'm I'm gonna find out, and Mikey B's gonna help me. How about that? Oh, boy. Uh, Mike, can you congrats, find Mike. Mike. Plinko. a winner. We're all Listen, right. was
1: created i sure Means on it right now. we we'll we'll find you, it. He's <laughs> on it right What's that, Mike? Plinko uh, was created by Frank Wayne, an executive producer of The Price is Right. Plinko premiered on January 3rd, 1983.
2: Okay. Now, can someone find out the Japanese obsession called Pachinko? Because I promise you that's around since the 60s. I promise you. And I'm telling, you guys, uh, listen, l- l- we're having fun here. You know, we have a lot of fun. We all love each other. But can we understand or agree
1: that... I can see the similarities. That's what I'm... Moose, yeah. can you see the similarities? Yeah, I no, no, I can okay. see the similarities. And
2: maybe this executive producer...
1: Frank got, Wayne. Well, yeah, Pachinko was created in the 1920s. Uh, boom. I'll follow up with Frank and see where he got the idea from. <laughs>
2: you actually probably could. He actually can. <laughs> yeah. He's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> was, I told you he would help me. Well done,
1: Mike. He would help uh, you too, Moose. I, he does help me every day. He helps me all the time. Yes. I need him. Um, Frank Wayne is dead. All right. Yeah. And so this conversation is dead.
0: <laughs> yes. Go ahead, Andrew. Yes. <laughs> uh, back in the NBA last night, uh, the Suns smacked the Kings 124 95. Boston lost in Philly 107 93. Andre Drummond, 32 points, 23 boards, four blocks. The Pistons winning in Indy 119 110. And the Hornets outscored the Bulls 126 <laughs> 125. Charlotte rookie PJ Washington scored 27 points on seven threes, the most ever. In an NBA debut. Taz, back I, to I you. I just
2: have to, say, I don't understand why we would not respect the elder statesman in the room and the world traveler. I I just brought this information that's so cool for our audience and for you men about Pacheco. Yeah. And we just did something, the three of us, me. Moose and Andrew, we just did something really cool. We brought worlds together. We brought in the world of Japan. Things the NBA can't do. Well,
1: I mean, sometimes (laughs) when you say something, our fact checkers are running around like their heads are cut off to see if it's exactly correct. Right.
2: Well, okay. I understand. So I, I, I think that was a passive-aggressive statement, but that's no, okay. Well, because sometimes I'll say things that I think happen, and they don't. That does happen. <laughs> and I'll fact-check. <laughs> like, oh God, wait, he just said something now right. on my resume. Yeah. yeah so I, I think... I, I'm not going to argue. I know that was a passive-aggressive insult, not, but I'm, I'm not insulting.
1: I'm not being passive-aggressive. No, passive-aggressive.
2: Passive aggressive. But it's okay. it's, so, it's fine. I, I've been told a lot worse. But so the thing is, and I'm a big boy. I'm not hypersensitive. But the thing is, <laughs> I'm letting you guys know that we just brought worlds together. You mentioned something about Planko. Yeah. On Planko, uh, uh, Polinko Plinko. which sounds so much like Pachinko.
1: Yeah, and maybe, maybe you know, maybe we'll come find uh, a relative of uh, Frank Wayne. Yeah, Philip and Mark are his kids. Yeah, see if <laughs> we can we'll, find. We'll, them. we'll reach well, out to them. <laughs> I'm sure they're locked into what happened in '83.
2: <laughs> well, no, but the thing is, though, like. My I'll dad like, did
1: what? Yeah, but that's like a Plinko. Like, you
2: know what's serious to me? Like they stole the idea. You from mean Japan. Pachinko? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need to share. Okay. You guys play haha, ha and I'll I'll do research. Hold on, I'll do my research. Hold on, I'm doing my. research. It'd be research.
0: great if the Wayne family can't discuss Plinko because like the Price is right. I think owns they just it.
1: came up on a documentary on Netflix, Pachinko Plinko. <laughs> No, Which he, came first? You no, can have fun. but
0: that's fine. I'm doing
2: research right now. I'm working on research for this topic. Uh, what's that called? Price is Right? Yeah. So, uh, and Mike, I know Mike's helping at this. <laughs> price, <laughs> price is Right. Okay. That was a good one, right. That was a good That was a funny <laughs> joke from 1976. 78. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Pachenko, because no, uh, you guys haven't left New York, so that's the problem. That so not not true. We here we go. Come here on, here I've been go. in Jersey. Right. Oh, here we go. In <laughs>
1: the Jersey, according to the bro Bible, here <laughs> what's it say? Uh, it came from the guy thought it said when the chips hit went down, it sounded like a plink sound effect, so he called it plinko. Mm. <laughs> it hit the mouse, I, I the mic, don't like that answer, Blink. Mike, uh, uh, Blink. uh Now
2: Blink. I'm I'm going to go to Google Images. and I'm going to look at the prices right, Plinko. All right, look, this board you described it perfectly. Moves this is it, right? This I don't, don't know if it was perfect, Andrew. No, no, one uh, uh, of you guys did. Th- yeah. This is the board, right? Okay, that you're I telling cu- me, I could, you couldn't find the word pegs. Can we get? <laughs> 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 That's
1: funny. I was having trouble with my vocabulary. Andrew, help me out. (laughs) We (laughs) can't.
2: There are slotted things. Pegs, they're called. called Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. So as a cohesive (laughs) unit, and Mikey B., I blame you for this, you're a producer, Uh, as a cohesive unit, we cannot look at the Planko board and then look at a Pachanko board and see the the massive similarities. I mean, I'm sure our social media team will tweet this out. Um, I mean, can we not see this? Well, I mean, it's so obvious. Yeah, I wouldn't say massive. I mean, the, I know the, you the people here lack creativity, but is, I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> oh right. most, there we go. Their we most go. common thing—that's thing not is passive gravity. aggressive. That yeah. was just aggressive. What that that? is right. What's that, Andrew? I yeah. mean, the,
0: their their biggest commonality is gravity. But like pachinko is yeah. like oh, a video God. game almost, and now there's a million a of them sitting oh, there, stop. and you get a little tiny ball. Pachinko, you have to—I mean, plinko, you have to win. The discs first. Yeah, so you have more chances. and you climb a staircase and you drop them down. And you have to pick which slot oh, you're going to start in. You drop sound it like down. Such a
1: knob right now. You realize that, dude? Uh, we'll get in more into the history of why, why we, can't we continue oh, 1v1. Now. Why? Well, because we have a guest coming up. What time now? Yeah. Oh, maybe he knows. So yes. All right.
0: <laughs>
2: So
1: we'll get into it. Time got away from me. Moose. I understand. No, my bad. No worries. All right. No worries. My bad. Uh, Adam Fisher is going to join us. He's a uh, former executive with the Mets and the Braves. We're going to talk a little fall classic as the uh, Nats have a 2-0 series lead on the Strohs. We're going to do that next. We'll also get into the Mets managerial search and this quote-unquote mystery candidate. It's Taz and the Moose here on this Thursday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news, quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more. On car insurance, let's hit the guest line right now. Adam Fisher joins us, MLB analyst for SNY, uh, a longtime executive at Major League Baseball with the Mets and the Braves. Fish, good morning, man. How are you?
2: Adam, what's up? Hey, good. Good. Good morning, Moose. How you doing? How you doing, Taz? Well, good, buddy. Good. All good, man.
1: You know, Adam, uh, You know, we're both stunned here that this is a 2-0 series lead for the Washington Nationals. I mean, they are 18-2 in their last 20 games for a team that couldn't find a way to win in the playoffs. Now they don't know how to lose.
3: <laughs> crazy it's crazy you know i think they've certainly got some positive momentum and the astros you know look there's there's something to be said for bad juju you know we've got that clubhouse situation that's been hanging over the club um these last couple of days and and really the yankees kind of wore them out while the nationals were were sitting around and resting and the nationals do have two horses that can that can play with with the astros horses and and we've seen that so i look I, it's I don't think anyone expected this, but but if you if you reflect upon it, you know it, it it certainly at the very least makes some level of sense how this is all going, despite the Nationals' history.
2: Well, Adam, speaking on that though, are you, I mean for you, personally, are you shocked at the level of of what's happened now? Here, sitting two and zero, the Nats oh, all, yeah. You,
3: you mean, are shocked. Yeah, I'm extreme. Uh, yeah, I, and especially last night, a blowout. Yeah, you know, with Verlander on the mound. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty shocked, it, it, especially just just the, how how easy it. Well, the the Nationals, you know, Davy Martinez has been dogged for the last two years. We've watched him manage, you know, um, when we watch him against the Mets and that the Corbin move on on uh, on Monday night, you know, uh, or sorry Tuesday night seems to be uh, seems to have worked out extremely well. You know, um, they were able to hold on in that game and. Now they, they blow them out in game two. I mean, yeah, I'm shocked. I think the Astros are the best team. But, um, so, you know, like I said, you reflect upon it, and it's not really right. surprising considering the momentum and sort of what's transpired the last 10 days.
1: You know, uh, Adam, when you look at Cole and Verlander, um, from your perspective, and, you know, you scouted players and the like, why have they not been as dominant? What has transpired here with both of them over the last couple of starts?
3: For me, it's just that, it's just that grind, you know, that, that season long grind. And it's, it's a war of attrition. And we talked a lot about it with the Yankees and how they were going to survive with, with such, with such a, uh, you know, a a beat up staff and and a bullpen that was being stretched. And in the Astros case, you know, look, there, there's only so many guys who are Madison Bumgarner, you know, and, and it looked like Verlander's been that guy in the past, you know. Um, but he's 37 years old and, you know, Cole has not really been through it. This is a really long stretch here we're talking about. Um, and, and it's tough and it affects your command. It affects your sharpness. And we saw that in, in Cole's last start against the Yankees. Um, you know, certainly he grinded it out the other night, but, uh, but it, it's really that, that, that's what it comes down to for me. That battle of attrition. When you get deep into the playoffs, these guys are really worn out. They're getting into the, you know, over 200 innings. Um, 230s, 240s, and, you know, that can take a toll no matter how good you are.
2: Uh, so, Adam, what do you feel about, like, the energy of the Astros? Like, what, what, what kind of energy would they have to muster up uh, when they're in D.C. now, starting Friday, uh, to come up with a win now in Washington, just to keep this thing competitive? You think they have, I know, right? I, I, they have you know, to, right?
3: I, I, You kind of said it. It's like these series, you never know. And, look, we make maybe we make a bigger deal out of sort of the momentum, Emotions, that kind of thing, but the human element is real. And you know, in a lot of ways, I think I think people thought that the World Series was really, you know, Yankees versus Astros. Mm. You know, I I think you could argue those were the two best teams in baseball. Certainly, over the course of the season, Um, you know, the 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 Dodgers uh, being another team in there that, of course, were eliminated by the Nationals. So, I think the Astros have today to reflect and. Mm. You know, look themselves in the mirror and start to take these guys seriously. Their backs are against the wall. They've been there. They've done it. Um, you know, maybe getting out of Houston is, is a good thing for them. Just, just kind of get on the road, get get in an environment more of a hostile environment, and kind of kind of try to get their emotions up that way. But yeah, they got to start taking these guys seriously and fast.
1: Um, we're talking Adam Fisher, a former executive of Major League Baseball with the Mets and the uh, Atlanta Braves, uh, analyst on SNY locally in New York, and in- and Adam, do you think this series? You know, do you think this series gets back to Houston for a Game Six?
3: I, I mean, if, if looking at it now, I mean, no, I don't. I, I, you know, the Nationals are thoroughly dominating them. They have the pitching advantage, uh, if you want to call it that. I'm not even sure they do anymore with Grinky. Um, he's pitched so much these last, you know, this last uh, again t- probably ten day stretch. Grinky against Danny Ball Sanchez. That seems like a good a good game for the Astros to pivot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I I mean, I think you could be looking at five here, the way this is going, the nationals thoroughly dominating them. Um, the, the Astros really do just, they, they need to wake up and and figure this out. And, you know, the other thing is they, they have not, they were not hitting, um, as much as the Yankees, the Yankees bullpen and, and their issues and kind of how they gave it up with the three run Homer in that series, both those teams had 600 OPSs. During that series, neither one was hitting, neither one were getting getting clutch hits when they needed them. Um, the Astros, like I said, you know we, we saw they really relied on that on that three run bomb, and that 's also carried over into this series, so those bats need to wake up, they need to string together some hits and uh, and get some rallies going because now, now this is how many games in a row where this has happened for them
2: right uh, Adam, so you know, Moose and I talk a lot about and not just us but a lot of people in the media world, TV and radio. You know, about what is what is Major League Baseball, <clears throat> what do they want in a World Series for, for you know, to pull money in and TV ratings, the all-important TV ratings and stuff like that, what's going on with Fox and whatnot. We talked about how early in the show, Moose uh, and I were chatting about how the numbers are down for Fox from last year's Game 1 to this year's Game 1. Um, what's your thought on it, man? Like, if it's not Yankees, Dodgers, and we got two markets where, you know, Houston's a top-ten market, but, you know, D.C., not so much. What's, what's your take on that, that you have D.C. versus Houston? And if you're, the, if you're Major League Baseball, how do you feel about it?
3: You know, it's tough to have that sort of marquee franchise in there every single year. Um, this, I think ultimately it's good for baseball to have different teams. I mean, yes, the Astros won it two years ago. Maybe that's an element to this, you know, the fact that they're not new. I know the Nationals are getting a ton of buzz on the East Coast, so I'm a little surprised that that the, they're not getting a little bit better as far as ratings go. But I think if you think about the long game, you know, you're going to want more teams involved in this. You don't just want sort of the, yeah, the Dodgers or the Red Sox or the Yankees every single year. So, uh, you know, you think about it kind of taking a step back as far as ratings for the good of the game, you know, on a broader scale um, and trying not to pan- panic as far as sort of one year or the next year, trying to look at it in a larger sample. But, of course, I I understand the the general sentiment. Um, This has been a sort of a strange year for baseball with the homers. Um, You know, a lot of sort of purists don't necessarily like it, and that's really who their fan base is at this point, unfortunately, uh, older people. So perhaps they're tuning out um, just based on the way the season went and the fact that there aren't these marquee franchises that we talked about. But I think ultimately you you expose more people to some of these other teams. Um, It's good for the game in the long term. Maybe you get some of those younger fans interested in these
1: teams. Adam, uh, you know, we've got a lot of these managerial openings around uh, Major League Baseball, right? Madden's out with the Angels. reportedly. David Ross is going to be the next manager of the Chicago Cubs. The Mets' job is open. Philly's job is open. Girardi is interviewed for both. There's some mysterious candidate for the Mets. We know that they've also interviewed Eduardo Perez and uh, Carlos Beltran. Where do you think eventually, here after this World Series gets decided, or maybe it comes out even before then, uh, where do you think the Mets go? Where do you think the Phillies go for a manager?
3: Well, we've seen I, it's just, it, for the Mets. It really seems just totally wide open. Uh, you know, the, the at least very least the media consensus, and, and I'm on board with this. You know, I like Girardi. They've got a limited window here with Jacob deGrom's prime. You know, Brody Van Wagenen said, I'm coming in to win. And, you know, Joe Girardi is a proven winner. He has his warts. You know, he's wound very tightly. But he did it in New York for a decade. You take the strengths and the weaknesses, and you try to win for three or four years with him. That's how I'd go about it. But, look, you you look at who they're interviewing here, and that's not their M.O. They're not going, you know, 180 from Mickey Calloway. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Perez, you mentioned Beltron. You know, we've got also got Tim Bogar, who doesn't have any manage, major league managerial experience outside of an interim uh, stint, um, and and uh, Luis Rojas, who's a really really well well regarded coach in the Mets system. Also, the son of uh, Felipe Alou, um, that hasn't really been uh, been out there too much. An interesting nugget maybe for the fans. He's got great great bloodlines, as we say uh, in baseball. Um, but for me, it seems very wide open based on who they're interviewing. They, they're not, they're not necessarily leaning towards Girardi or anyone like that. So um, Eduardo Perez seems like an interesting candidate from, from the rest. You know, he has, he has coaching experience. He has some winter league managing experience. He's uh, he's well-spoken member of the media. Uh, he'd be an interesting guy for me. Uh, I ultimately, I'd, I'd, you know, probably prefer Girardi, but I, at the end of the day, after, after saying all this, I, it seems to me to just be very wide open. I mean, it's a massive group of second candidates. Um, I'd say it seems like any, anywhere from three to, three to four of those guys would have a shot.
1: And Fish, we've learned here on Taz and the Moose that the uh, mystery candidate is indeed Taz. interviewing later on today. Well, look, a Long time Met fan. He wants the job. So
3: there you go. (laughs) Right.
1: You're
2: right. I, I think I do have as much experience as other guys. I did manage my son's Little League travel team when he was
1: nine. Hey, uh, <laughs> Fish. Enjoy that the rest of the nice. World series. Thanks right. for the time this Take morning, care, right, bud. See you, man. All right, all right. Thanks, guys. You got appreciate. Adam Fisher. Uh, Sny executive with the Mets, former executive with the Mets and and the Atlanta Braves. You want Girardi still, right?
2: I do, man. Yeah, something's not happening. You think yeah. it's happening? Not. I don't.
1: I don't, it, don't get a sense that it is. Uh, I agree with you, but I, th- I think that would be a mistake. Uh, come back. We got the three for you on this Thursday morning. Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio.